0: Dennis Giannouzsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our
2: fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, listeners, welcome to today's episode, which is another mashup here where I have two wonderful guests for you to just listen to a little capture or a little snippet from their episodes. Episode 293, Patrick Tui. It's always about the relationship and wonderful guy. And then episode 294, Daniel Tolson, do it at a level that's mind-blowing. And so, listeners, what I'm going to get you to do is sit back, relax, and take notes and enjoy the mashup. Uh, Who's your favorite leader and
0: why? So I have two. The first being John Wooden. And John Wooden was a legendary head basketball coach at UCLA. And I think he won 11 national championships which when you, when you think about, you know, you've, you've reached the top of your trade and you've done it 11 times, which substantiates that year in and year out, you are performing at a level of uncommon excellence. And, and how does the consistency of that occur? That was my interest in John Wooden is it's one thing and it's hard enough to, 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 to achieve at that level one time never mind 11 so i want to learn about john wooden and how that occurs and as i read his books as i even watched i can remember being a little boy being in enchanted by and so interested in john wooden uh, when there was one game on uh, on a saturday and not a thousand during the week like there is now and you couldn't wait for that one game to come on tv and i'd sit there and watch john wooden coach and and what I, you know, everything I read about John Wooden, Dennis was his focus on people development, um, on integrity, on ins- on selflessness, on uh, humility, on care, on a number of different things that he he didn't he didn't go at that mediocre. He was extremely intent, intentional to the point that he developed what's called the pyramid of success. And when you read what's in the pyramid, there's very little about basketball in that pyramid of success, Dennis. And is it a coincidence? You know, here's the thing, right? And I'll share one other thing with you that I, that I really want to try to integrate everywhere I go. When you read What's in the pyramid of success, it has very little to do with basketball because John Wooden, who was way ahead of his time, knew the power of personal development. He knew the power of those some of those tenets I just talked about and how powerful a unit would be if everyone was committed to those things, if everybody realized the importance of those things. John Wooden made it very clear that I know – like. I recruited you to come here and play basketball and basketball will play. But what you may not have had a total grasp on, although I may have talked about it in my recruiting, as a matter of fact, I made sure to talk about it. You're going to walk out of here prepared to be a successful contributor to the world as a person. And what I know is the byproduct of that is going to be success. And, You know, I talk to corporate leaders and I talk to head coaches and I say this. There's three basic human needs that we desire. One is love. The other is appreciation. And the third is inclusion. Those are the three most powerful needs. With love being the most powerful emotion known to humankind. And I asked the question to myself as a leader if that is true and I know it is why are we not intentionally finding ways to integrate and build love within our culture what are we what are we afraid of well, why is love looked at you know in the athletic world especially for boys or men's basketball there there's you know we're not gonna sit around a campfire and start you know spreading love um, and that's you know it's unfortunate that love is looked at that way and even in the corporate world where you know that's just we don't have the time for that there's too much that needs to be done there's too much work but but really Dennis it's just it's just okay if that is the most powerful emotion and it will fuel our people to do everything at a whole different level why are we not intentionally finding ways to do that see i'm doing that i've done that for a long time and i know that it, and i know that it works I know that it works. And it's not that complicated to do. It's not that complicated.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's not at all. No, not at
0: all. Yeah, Brene Brown was the second one. I love Brene Brown. Her, what I love about Brene Brown is she challenges leaders to be brave, to be courageous, to be vulnerable, to have, you know, tough conversations, to um, to really be in honesty and truth to not be afraid to have disappointment occur and deal with it, and talk about it, and communicate about it, and, and, and as well as failure and a b- whole bunch of other things, I think I think Brene Brown brings in a education and and a teachings and lessons around her writings that are current. That not only are they current, but they're also very valuable tools that are going to serve well in the future in respect to who you need to be as a leader. And so I, I'm always very interested in her writings and what she has to say. And I, and, I, and I use I use a lot of her information and a lot of her teachings uh, in my own programs.
2: Yeah. Petra, I'm just thinking about time that we've got together here. So I just want to ask you some other questions too. Uh, Leadership is changing. That title of the show, what does that mean for you? Well, I'll
0: tell you, leadership for me is in the changing challenges. When you talk about artificial intelligence, when you talk about remote working, when you talk about um, technology in general, I mean, all of these things that are becoming very important, very prevalent in helping businesses be in the future and succeed in the future. I think as leaders, what we have to be very cognizant of is it's always, it's always about the relationships that are going to mm. fuel us and prepare us to be successful going forward. And that as leaders, we can't get so lost in this technology that's coming out. And these I, this idea of remote working, which, is, which isn't going away, it's, it's only going to be more demanding. And if we're going to keep talent, we need to make sure that we have that available. But the idea of this, okay, mm. let's not get lost in the old school principle that relationships are important and that somehow we need to take advantage of this technology. We need to take advantage of all those things, but at the same token, let's not lose, lose sight of the core connections and relationships, which truly bring purpose to what people are doing. I think that's going to be a huge challenge and very important. I see it already today in remote workers.
2: Daniel, Who's your favourite leader now? This person could be alive or from history. Who's your favourite leader and why?
1: For me, it would be uh, the current sheikh and ruler of Dubai, Sheikh Mohammed. And the reason why I really like his leadership style is because he does have a big vision and it is mind-blowing. And if you've been to Dubai or you've seen a documentary on Dubai, it blows your mind. It's actually very hard to comprehend the level of success that they've created there. So in 2007, I was invited to Dubai to become the first professional athlete to go and train and coach wakeboarding. So I went over there. I had the ability to go on television, radio, all the media. So I was treated like a rock star. And I had the ability to coach locals. And I remember there was one local guy. He came down. and He said, look, I want my daughter and son to learn how to wakeboard. But he looked at the boat they had and he said, that's not good enough. So the local Sheikh, the small Sheikh, uh, went and bought a brand new boat worth about $120,000 just for his kids to ride on for about three days. (laughs) But the scale is mind-blowing because where we were riding, the waterway was a man-made waterway. It was a six-kilometer dogleg from the Arabian Gulf into the desert. And it was a man-made waterway and it cost them $6 billion to make it. $6 billion. And the original reason why it was built was for the shake, the head shake, to bring his yacht down and park his yacht in there. So a $6 billion waterway. And that was given us to us to wakeboard on. So we're wakeboarding in the middle of the desert. And literally, there is no difference between the sand dunes and the beach on the sand. It's just sand everywhere. And you've got this $6 billion waterway to play on. And so when I went there in 2007, that place was literally in the middle of nowhere. It was 100 kilometers from Abu Dhabi, 100 kilometers from Dubai. But then if you go back now, everything is built up between the airport into exactly where I was working. And it's huge. You know, they don't build towers. They build skyscrapers. They don't build a plane building. They build a building that is mind-blowing. You know, that uh, Burj Khalifa, you can be 100 kilometers out in the desert. And you can see the tip of that thing, and it is huge, and everything is immaculate. They don't have a little budget. They have a huge budget, and they say, we don't want to be average. We want to be the best, and everything there that he's creating is the best. It's like an oasis in the middle of the desert, and it's growing, and there's no limitation to what they perceive as possible. So what we think is possible in the West, they laugh at that, and they say, over here in the Middle East, (laughs) we're going to times that by 10. And they really blow your mind. And it's just constantly changing. It's exciting.
2: It's dynamic. They're thought leaders, they're visionaries, and they're risk takers. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You can see it. And I watched a documentary the other day, actually, on Netflix about it and uh, what they were doing. And it was like, wow. And I think there's there's three or four episodes into the series, I think it is. I haven't watched the others yet. I'm looking forward to it. But I think you're so right in what he's saying. But it's a big vision that he has. Have you actually met him personally? I walked past him
1: once and then uh-huh. I was I was in Emirates Towers and I was walking along and I saw the Sheikh walking to me and um, this has happened twice in my life and, and I've missed these opportunities twice. <laughs> he was walking straight towards me and he didn't have anybody else around him. And I'm thinking to myself, that's the Sheikh, but you're kind of in shock and people would actually stop and talk to him and say hello and he would stop and talk to them. And I was too busy, caught it up in my mind going, oh, my gosh, that's the shake. And I kept walking. <laughs> but at time that had happened to me before, I was actually in London Heathrow and a mate of mine was flying from Sydney to London and I met him at the airport and he called me and he said, I'm, I'm about to come through the airport. And so I said, good, I'm waiting at the gate for you. After about 60 minutes, my mate didn't show up, but this other guy walked through the gates and he walked and he stopped about a metre in front of me and he looked at me and he looked at me up and down. And he looked at me up and down. He looked at me up and down and he was waiting for me to say something to him. And I'm looking at this guy going, gee, you look familiar. Gee, you look familiar. And then he must have realized that I wasn't the person that he was looking for. And so he smiled and walked away. And as he got about uh, three meters away, I said to myself, Oh my gosh, that was Neo. (laughs) I couldn't even, I couldn't even say the word Keanu Reeves, but there he is in front of me. I just saw Neo from the matrix. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> and then brings
1: me and he says, Where are you? And I said, I'm waiting here at the airport. And he says, mate, he goes, I'm not going to be there for another eighteen hours. I meant I was just stepping into Sydney airport. Oh, <laughs> so, yes, I've seen the shake. Yes, I've seen Neo, but uh, I missed my opportunity bad times.
2: <laughs> if you were to sit on a on a bench pub uh, on a bench in a park with the shake and you're having a coffee with him, would there be one question you would ask him?
1: Yeah, I'd ask him, What's not going to change? about Dubai? Mm, Nice question. What's not going to change? Yeah. And I think the response would be is we are not going to stop um, breaking the boundaries. We will continue breaking the boundaries. Uh, We won't settle for second best. We have to be the biggest. We have to be the best. And also, I think what he'd say is, I won't settle uh, on my people, because as a visionary, he wants a world-class city for his people. So his vision is bigger than him, and it's also going to leave an impact on generations to come. And his father was the same. He's the same. And the things that his son are doing, is doing is exactly the same. So I think it would be what's not going to change about Dubai. Yeah,
2: nice question. Well done. Hey, um, the, the show here is called Leadership is Changing. When I say that, the title of the show or that statement, what does that mean to you?
1: Well, for me, leadership is changing means that we're moving into a digital world and these borders are opening up. However, because of things like COVID, uh, our ability to travel is restricted. But I think through COVID, we've realized we don't have to be face-to-face to lead anymore. And I think people are looking at leadership very differently. And I think leadership is going to be very digital, meaning that people are going to follow us. And leadership is your ability to get followers. However, these followers we're probably never going to meet personally personally. In our life. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to follow us online. I think they're going to read our books. I think they're going to come to our seminars. I think they're going to come to our coaching sessions. I think they're going to come to our team meetings. But we'll probably never meet these people in the flesh in the future. And especially with businesses like we run today. It's impossible to be omnipresent. <laughs> so uh, this is the closest thing that we'll ever get, and that's what's going to change in my opinion.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I sing a lot, right? Where a lot of people are moving to in the coaching space, training space and all that, they're doing that. But also people working in businesses and a lot of them don't know how to lead uh, virtually, which is interesting. But I had a a guy Mm. I actually interviewed on one of the episodes and he talked about, you know, how do you lead someone that you've never met? And there's a lot of that right now whereby people have actually employed people the last two years, but they've never met them face to face. It's always been in a virtual digital kind of sense. And I wonder if they don't like them once they meet them face-to-face, maybe. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Well, I
1: think um, we have to meet people very fast today. And, you know, even if we just go back and have a think about selling, selling has changed over the years. Many years ago, back in the 80s, you could go and knock on somebody's door. Hello, my name's Daniel. What do you do here? And you could sit down and have a two-hour conversation. If you went and knocked on a door today, they would say, what the hell are you doing here? And if you ask them, um what exactly do you do here? They would kick you out because with technology in the way the digital world is today is you should be able to research at least 80 to 90% of these people or these companies online. You should be able to find out more information about these people than they know about themselves. And when you get into a sales conversation today, the sales conversation needs to take place within 20 minutes because people have this need for speed. Uh, humans live by the expediency factor. Things have to move fast. And so you've got to be able to present in a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to bring that back into understanding people. We don't have three or four or five hours to hang out on Zoom every day just to get to know one another. So we've got to figure out a way that we get to know this person intimately without them having to be on the call. And I think I've figured that out. What we use today is we use science and technology to understand people's behaviours. And we're moving away from what's called the golden rule, which is to treat others the way that you would like to be treated. And we're moving into what's called the platinum rule, which is to treat others how they want to be treated. But we've got to utilise science to discover exactly how to do that. So that's where I think it's going to have a big change. Well, wow, the
2: platinum rule. Treat people the way that they want to be treated. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. Oh, I like that.
1: Yeah, look, I, I'm aggressive. And, and you said that at the start. Ah, he is a competitive person. Ooh. I'm aggressive. Yep. And so what happens is I want people to interact me with me in a competitive way. I don't mind people who are aggressive. I like it. But I'll tell you what, when I've applied the golden rule and say, treat others the way I want to be treated, and I use aggression to push people forward, I get a lot of resistance. Oh, and it does not work. Hmm. <laughs> so we're going to go to the next level, which is the platinum Rule. yep.
2: Wow, listeners. What a wonderful episode this is of these two two wonderful guests in the mashup. Patrick Tui from two, episode two nine three. It's always about the relationship. If you haven't already gone and listened to the recording, I i I highly recommend you go and do Patrick great Guy shares about the story about his brother and uh, who's uh, passed away, but also him carrying on the legacy, but also talking about relationships and teams and so forth. So, uh, you really want to really want to go and check that one out. In episode 294, Daniel Tolson, what a wonderful voice uh, he's got and actually listening to him speak and about what he did and so forth. And so uh, if you're wanting to do things that are going to be more mind-blowing and take them to another level, check out this episode with Daniel Tolson and myself. But it's always good. Hey, listeners, it's always a pleasure being with you. Thanks for joining. Until next time, bye for now.